Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, and it's uh, uh, my delight to welcome back uh, for the third time to the Relationship Guy podcast. I'm thinking of changing the name to the Kira and John show. Kira Markoff. Thank you. It's good to be back, John. I appreciate it. Um, so the, the, in the last, at the end of the last episode we, that we spoke, we talked about loneliness and, and you uh, kindly agreed to come back on and, uh, and, and have a topic. Of, but again, around this time of the year, um, being that we're recording this just before Christmas, going into the festive season, loneliness can be one of the one of the big issues, can't it? Around about this time of the year, so I think it's really uh, an important topic to discuss. Um, but before we do that, please just remind people who you are. And Thank what you. you. So my name is Dr. Kira Markoff. I have a PhD in psychology. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I work as a mental health therapist, and I'm also a trained yoga teacher. So I have expertise in mindfulness, yoga, also romantic relationships. That was the focus of my dissertation, which you and I talked about Mm. um, during parts one and two. So now we're here to talk about loneliness, which I'm super excited about. You want me to just jump off, John, yes, or do you have please. a question? No, no, I don't at all. Let's, let's, let's. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was something that you brought up, and and something that is close to your own kind of heart and thoughts as well. So please do just let's talk. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'll start off with my personal anecdote on loneliness. So I have, for the last a uh, little bit more than a year, have been working a hundred percent from home, doing all remote telehealth work. So I talk to people on the computer all day long, literally from the, you know, the time I start to the time I end, I'm a therapist. That's what I do. I talk to people for a living. And the last few months, I've just been noticing that I was having feelings similar to loneliness, just feeling disconnected, feeling isolated, feeling like, you know, my social needs weren't being met. And it really led me to dig into what do we need? And of course, the difference There are going to be differences person to person based on what our social needs are. Mm -hmm. But essentially, as humans, what do we need in order to get our social needs met so that we don't experience the distress and all the negative consequences that come with loneliness? So all of uh, the, the social needs that we have, I think it really comes down to what is loneliness. And I think it's important to have a conversation first about uh, loneliness versus just being alone. Mm. Yeah, we, we touched on this before the show, didn't we? Because um, I, I've been in situations like when I've been in groups of people or something and I would say that I felt alone, but actually, do I feel alone or do I feel lonely? It's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's something that kind of you've highlighted for me about how I actually feel. And and some of it is semantics, but I personally feel that part of what psychology does is give us words for things that we already know exist. Like I already know how I'm feeling, but sometimes psychology gives us the words to be um, more specific about it and to communicate it more clearly with others and to understand it within ourselves. But you know what you're feeling and the discomfort and, you know, that hollowness or emptiness that you feel or that longing for connection. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling even if you can't put words to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important and so when we talk about loneliness it's exactly that loneliness is a craving or a desire for 
connection and you can be physically alone or you can be in a group of people and feel that disconnection Mm -hmm. especially um just kind of as a side note when people talk about trauma trauma is um kind of defined as a disease of disconnection and so people who have experienced trauma will be especially prone to experiencing loneliness because of that internal sense of disconnection or nobody nobody really sees me nobody knows me nobody understands me mm-hmm. as people um we have this need to feel seen truly seen to feel appreciated mm-hmm. and you know to feel like we matter and somebody cares about us. Like those are the longings and the connection or the the cravings that we have for connection. Mm-hmm. And so loneliness, if we want to target loneliness, especially around the holidays, it's important to ask that, that question for self-reflection. Am I alone? Do I need to put myself around people more where I have the opportunities for connection? Or am I around people in a sufficient measure and there's an internal barrier that's keeping me from feeling like I'm able to truly connect with these people. Yeah. Yeah. And in your, your kind of personal, so I was just thinking about my personal circumstance where I feel alone. I think it's because I've probably switched off somewhere on the inside, which is subconsciously deliberately disconnecting in order to provide a space, maybe for some kind of safety perhaps but it's there's a disconnect there which then makes me feel lonely in your instance you're saying that so with your work so how is that how is that manifesting for you uh I'm going to answer this in two parts because I want to highlight something that you said because I loved it very much you said that either subconsciously or deliberately we we switch off that connection out of a feeling that I need to protect myself Mm. and that's really important and I really think that goes along well with the conversation on loneliness and trauma is that feeling connected can feel very vulnerable. And so if I'm feeling like I need to protect myself, I'm going to shut off those, those connection valves, if you will. So I think that was a really important thing that you just kind of intuitively hit on, which I think was awesome. But in my own work, um, for me, it is 100%. I am not around other human beings. And that like, I, I crave that I need that, you know, being in the physical presence of people mm-hmm. and it's just it's very different than virtual and you know people talk about social media all the time and people will spend ungodly amounts of time on social media <laughs> like <laughs> one of my scroll and scroll yeah and it's just you know, one of my colleagues said that she had one of her clients pull up their um their your phone will automatically track how much time you spend on certain apps right. This this girl, teenage girl, 17 hours in a single day on TikTok. Jingle bells. So not only is this an adult problem, but it's also a, a teenage problem yeah. and, you know, even adolescents, sometimes children. And uh, I actually did some research a while back on social media. And what it is, is you get a facade of connection. Mm-hmm. So your brain will do that quick release. You'll get a, a quick shot of dopamine, which is that, you know, in your brain's reward chemical mm-hmm. in response to, quote unquote, connecting with somebody right. on social media. Yeah but it's like eating cotton candy. It's really great for five seconds and then it's gone, you know, and then you get, sometimes you'll be on social media an hour, two hours, whatever, even just 30 minutes. Right. And then you get off and you feel, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but almost a hollowness in your, in your belly. That's like, I feel like I was just eating, you know, social connection, right. I feel like I was just taking it in 
But now there's nothing there. I feel empty still. It was not satisfying or fulfilling in any way. And I think that's the danger that we face in modern society is people feel like we're able to connect. You know, it's so easy. I can talk to people anytime, anywhere through social media. But is it really satisfying Mm -hmm. the social needs that we have? No, no, I must say I am not a scroller. I, I and for my business that's a very bad thing because, because <laughs> no I'm right there with you <laughs> the algorithm states that I need to spend time on my social media interacting with other people otherwise they show my stuff to nobody um yeah but um it's just not for me I'm not that kind of person that's just going to sit there and I must say TikTok I have lost myself in TikTok for maybe an hour uh, but maybe not longer than that but actually because there's some very interesting videos and stuff rather than looking at as a as a way of connecting with people it's there's an informative side i think and and i like short brief videos too because of the way my brain works and taking on information um so yeah but i I don't use it for socially connecting but i can completely see how people do and how they can see it as a way of of like believing that they're having connections right but like you said, completely hollow in the actual feelings that you get from it. Exactly. And I mean, just imagine that you spend, if you are a person who is on social media, you feel like you connect with people on social media and then you go through something difficult in your life. Are you going to reach out to to that network to talk about an issue that you're having or get any kind of support or comfort from that? Mm. And that oh, and that yeah. is a difficulty yeah. too. <laughs> Uh, and you know even if you do are you generally just broadcasting it or are you having that connection with one person where they can say i see you i hear you i'm listening to you yeah you know in the same kind of way as just somebody popping up a one of those caring reactions on facebook yeah yeah i think it's a there's a there's two reasons for doing it it generally and i would suggest that one of them is i just want some engagement with some from someone i'm just putting this out there because i want people to know and to see it and maybe feel heard or something in some way um or i don't know how to necessarily reach out to someone on a one-to-one basis i'm hoping that someone reaches out to me to ask if i'm if i'm okay um Mm -hmm. but like you said you're not really reaching out to those close to you that you maybe have a connection with because you would just call them or text them or or something anyway wouldn't you david it'd be much more of a personal communication Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so social media can be really difficult and it can create uh, what I would consider like an unnecessary sense of loneliness. Mm. You know, when we spend more time having these cotton candy interactions than actually nurturing and cultivating fulfilling connections with people, you know, in Mm. real life. And That's not to say that long distance relationships cannot be satisfying and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, if you are having those one-to-one interactions, you are having actual in-depth conversations with people, you can have fulfilling internet friendships. It's still different than sitting one-to-one in a room. And Mm -hmm. I personally believe that. I will always believe that. And maybe that's just my personal nervous system needs that to feel fulfilled. Yours might not. That's different than just kind of broadcasting to whoever happens to be listening and there's no genuine relationship there. So there are kind of tears. I don't want anyone out there to think that I'm bashing internet friends in their entirety because that's not what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, but there, there is a need to be more mindful or aware of what am I putting out and in what way and are my needs being met? Am I feeling fulfilled? Am I feeling connected? Um, and if not, 
again, is it because there is not availability of people to connect with? Is it that that external actual aloneness oh. or are there people available for connection and there's something inside of me that's just not allowing me to feel that? Uh, there was a poet, his name was Rumi from um, India a very long time ago. And he said, um, your job is not to go and seek out love. Your job is to seek out and remove any barriers to love that exist within you. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting thing to say, because it's so true, isn't it? Again, if we, if we go out seeking externally, um, where does the internal stuff again, like you said, there's that it needs to come from within. Mm -hmm. And you work with a lot of couples, John. How often do you hear couples saying they feel alone in their relationship? Yeah, yeah, and it's a regular thing because there's the, the lack of connection that's there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's say a couple comes to you and says, you know, my partner sits right next to me, but I just feel, I feel so lonely. I feel alone in the relationship. What would you tell them? Well, again, I think it's coming back to actually what is going on within you that that's disconnected within you as far as this relationship is concerned and then what's missing from the relationship that means you may have disconnected or they have this you don't feel that connection with them any longer if in some cases that connection was ever there in the first place because we know that perhaps we've all entered into relationships which haven't been right for us from the start mm. um, but yeah I think there is really an internalization there again because because given my personal example of how I know that I can I can withdraw um yeah from certain circumstances when 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 i don't feel safe or secure um or is it something that's broken down between the two of two people in the relationship or something that's switched off in somebody else that so that exploration is always going to be okay what's really going on here is why do you feel disconnected in this way mm -hmm. i like that mm -hmm. so then it's almost again asking that reflection question of do I need to do the internal work or, you know, is there an action where I need to go out and seek, you know, that external fulfillment, which is just to be around people mm. so that I'm available to receive the, the connection, you know, I'm available to engage in it. And sometimes it really is like, you just need to go out and be around people, like call up your friend, go for a cup of coffee, or just even, I used to, um for a while before I met my husband, I lived alone. And I would, you're going to laugh at me, I would go to a local park and I would sit by the pond and I would read a book and just, just being in the vicinity of people, mm. you know, there were people walking around the pond, there were, you know, families in the park, just being around people helped to fill that social need for me. And you can laugh at me in return because I used to do exactly the same thing. But Oh, good. <laughs> more like coffee shops, things like that. Or libraries, yeah. when libraries were played before, I had computers and stuff, and I was yeah. studying or something like that. Would, rather than sit at home by myself and study, I'd go and sit in the library and study. Or I yep. said, just go, I'd just go and grab myself a coffee and just sit there by myself and watch people, yeah. um, sometimes read, whatever it would be, but just to create that space. Because I'm very much a people person in short bursts. I like, <laughs> you know, I, I like to be, like you said, I like my hit of being around people yeah also really like my own space um but it's just being mindful that actually sometimes your own space isn't the healthiest thing for you to keep kind of hiding away in uh um and then when you especially kind of what we've been through with the pandemic and stuff as well right there's been a huge amount of disengagement from in social yes. interaction and 
how uncomfortable it was for some people that I was talking to to get back into. I mean, I jumped in feet first as soon as I could. Um, yeah. Get back out into the world to reconnect. Um, but there were some people that found it really difficult and were quite actually, I went out with someone for lunch and they were like, I don't know if I really want to be here because this is the first mm. time I've been surrounded by more than sort of three or four people in the last 18 months. Um, so there was a, a massive disconnect, I think, that went on there too. Yeah, for sure. But you also, you bring up a good point of it's always a balance and every person that balance point is going to be on a different place of the spectrum from, you know, never being around people, being physically alone all the time to constantly being surrounded by a group of people. Mm -hmm. Neither extreme is healthy. Humans are social creatures. We need to be in a social group to some extent in order to be healthy, to thrive, to live our best life. Um, And you know, we can talk in a minute about statistics of loneliness. Yeah. Um, but then the other side is also not healthy to need to be around people all the time. Um, there are a lot of people who, when they're by themselves, they <laughs> immediately feel mental distress and just not being able to sit with yourself, be comfortable with yourself, to enjoy any kind of stillness or solitude. So both are important, to be able to enjoy alone time, enjoy solitude, and then also to have meaningful connections with people. And like you said, sometimes that might just be in short bursts, and then your social battery is drained, and you go to be by yourself. That's where you get terms like introvert and extrovert, Mm. right? Where do you get your energy? Is it from being alone, or is it from being around people? Yeah, yeah, and then the balance between the two. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a client recently who was very much that person. They couldn't be by themselves. They said that mm-hmm. even if they got in the car for five minutes to go to the shop, they'd have to ring a friend. They couldn't Oof. be in their own space for very long because yeah. the thoughts that they were trying to run away from are the ones that they were mm-hmm. finding it difficult to, to process in that alone time um, was too much for them to cope with. Mm-hmm. And to that person, I would recommend therapy. Um, and not as a joke, like seriously, because there's there's things there that need to be processed for yeah. sure. Um, I was recently working with a, a client who said a similar thing. He just always was either listening to something or had people around because his thoughts were just so unbearable. Mm-hmm. And we started out with doing um, three to five minute guided meditations mm-hmm. because your brain is being told what to think and you have things that are pleasant to focus on Mm -hmm. and so it was an accessible kind of entry level into being with myself being in silence just me and you know the stillness and so that's kind of where we started and he's progressing well I'm proud (laughs) yes yeah like you said it's about being able to be okay learning how to be okay in that space and again in the case of my client was Okay, what are the thoughts that you're trying to run away from? What are they? What are you trying yeah. to avoid, and how? And what meaning are you giving those thoughts, which mean they're difficult for you to to sit with? And how are we gonna, now going to process those in a way that you're going to manage them better, so that you don't have to worry about being with them when you're by yourself? And yeah. hopefully, and then eventually, that they then come back in a way that causes you that kind of worry and distress that they might you might be thinking they're going to cause you in the first place. Because mm. sometimes they don't, right? Sometimes you're just worried about thinking about things because you feel that they're going to cause you a certain amount of distress. And then you actually really think about it and go, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad after all. Yeah, it's almost like when people are worried about having a panic attack, the mm-hmm. anxiety about having a panic attack causes the panic attack. Yeah, yeah. Most, definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. So with that, like you said, so there are varying kind of different ways that we can feel lonely. 
Yes. Yep. So we've kind of talked about really three different um, types or styles of loneliness. One is I physically don't have people around to be able to connect with, right? And we talked about some good ways to cope with that is put yourself in social situations, either, you know, to be able to interact with people directly, calling a friend uh, to hang out with, going to spend time with family, whoever you have around. Maybe um, this is not one we talked about, but this is one that came to my head. Uh, joining some kind of class. Maybe it's a fitness class mm-hmm. or um, an, you know, an art class, cooking class, right? Going to actually be around people. Mm-hmm. Um, libraries have uh, free programming that you can also attend. Sometimes local um, churches or religious groups will have free programming that you can attend just as a way to put yourself in the vicinity of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talked about going and sitting at a park or sitting in a coffee shop where you're not necessarily having direct interactions if you don't want to have conversation with people, but you're at least around other people to remind yourself, I'm not alone in this world. To feel connected to the other human beings that are also sharing this space and sharing this time with us. Sometimes that can just be enough to satisfy the the social need that you're having. It doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, an interaction. It can just be a reminder that I'm not alone on this earth. Yeah, I think that's probably something that resonates with me about going to the gym in the mornings. Mm. I go to the gym almost every morning at the moment. And I think it, it satiates that need to be around people, even though I might have my music on. Um, mm-hmm. I do say hello to people and fist bump a few people and whatever it might be. So that there is a certain amount of social interaction. Occasionally I'll stop yeah. having conversations with people too. Um, but like you said, it's that I, I've had my feel like my, my dopamine hit or my fill up of, of social interactions mm-hmm. of being around people's energy today. Um, yeah. Might not necessarily mean I need to do that for the rest of the day. Exactly. Yeah. I remember um, when I used to practice regularly at a yoga studio at the end of the class, um, we had the cue of look, look around at the people that you've shared this space and time with. Yeah. And it was really uncomfortable, right? To like look around at random strangers and like make eye contact. <laughs> like that's not, you know, like that's not something that we do, yeah. um, especially because sometimes yoga can feel very vulnerable. So it was uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it was also very meaningful yeah. to look at the other people who had, who had shown up who were also kind of there on their mat with their practice, you know, that you were in community with these people, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it can be very powerful. Yeah. So if you are a person who's feeling that external aloneness, those are some really easy ways to get kind of that hit of connection. Like you mm-hmm. said, you know, just reminding yourself you're not al- alone on this planet. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a person who is already around people and you have that internal barrier, Mm-hmm. let's talk about some things maybe that we can do to work on that. John, you care to kick that off? <laughs> or do you want to hear from me? <laughs> I teed you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the, that's the kind of, okay, that's that's what I do type thing. Um, yeah, so again, it's that disconnect within me is generally why have I gone into myself? Um, and I, I, I need to disengage from the disengagement, really. Um, so I would then personally make an effort to reach out to try Mm. and establish some kind of connection with somebody even if it was just something like uh how's your day what's been going on and mostly i would make it about them i would because i'm a very questiony type person because of the job i do anyway it's um, also a lot safer to ask about you than to share about me definitely because if i'm not in a great space i'm probably not going to want to express myself too much or engage too much about me 
So mm-hmm. I would generally for myself, if I felt that way, I would reach out to other people. And f- again, a, a distraction type thing too, right, is to engage in something which isn't about you, is to find mm. out about somebody else and to find out how they are and what's going on for them. And you can put some of your energy into the interest of somebody else um, and being part of their experience rather than having to worry about your own experiences. So I, I personally, that's probably something that I would do if I felt like I was kind of becoming too insular um, and struggling going to the next part of that, which is just not being okay by being by myself, but actually maybe choosing to be by myself too much. You know, you actually hit on a a therapy principle that I don't even know if you know exists. It's called opposite action. Have you ever heard of it? No. No. Okay. Well, I was going to explain it for the listeners anyways. I was just curious if you knew what you were doing. So um, in a therapeutic style called dialectical behavior therapy that um, there's a lot of research and evidence behind it, very effective treatment for a lot of different kinds of mental health issues. There's this principle called opposite action, Mm -hmm. which is essentially that when we are experiencing um, an emotion or let's say maybe um, an anxiety episode or depressive episode, the behaviors that we want to do are usually the things that are going to cause us to continue to feel more and more distressed. Mm -hmm. For example, when I'm feeling depressed, I want to go lay in my bed mm-hmm. by myself, listen to sad music in the dark, and yeah. that's just going to make me feel more depressed. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of opposite action, I mean, it's really kind of self-explanatory, is you do the opposite of what you want to do. Yeah. So when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling like you want to hide or disconnect from people, you make the conscious decision to do the opposite of what you are wanting to do mm-hmm. because you know that it is helpful for you. Yeah. So when I'm wanting to disconnect and you know disengage from everyone i make that conscious effort to reach out and to establish a connection with somebody in a way that feels safe with me right Mm -hmm. and that's what you hit on too is all of it was based around what is accessible and what feels safe and okay for me so i'm going to specifically call somebody that i feel safe talking with i'm going to ask them questions instead of needing to share about my own life right and then as I maybe warm up, if I warm up, I might feel more comfortable, you know, sharing more, talking more, but it's yeah. all about reconnecting with self first. So I re- I connected with myself. I said, man, I'm really feeling, you know, disconnected. Like I want to disengage. I'm going to make the conscious choice to do an opposite action. Mm-hmm. So I've checked in with myself. I've reconnected with myself. What do I need in this moment? I fulfilled that need in a way that's safe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting as well. I just thought of all the people that I probably would call that I know will only talk about themselves as well. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's a really cool. Right. You're a a safe person to call because I know you're just going to talk and you're not going to ask me anything. Exactly. (laughs) After about 20 minutes, I'm going to get so fed up with you talking about yourself. I'm going to think, yep. I want to be by myself again now. No, no, I've got me (laughs) hitting them off. Or maybe you've gotten enough of their like social energy. You kind of yeah. like took it, took it in enough that you maybe are able to like call someone else where you could have an actual conversation. Yeah, yeah. they were my warm up act type thing. <laughs> yep, your battery is now on fifteen percent, so you can go and yeah, you know, actually actually have the energy to connect with somebody in a real way instead of just like passively taking in their social energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a really good idea. Um, I, I'm I'm a I'm I'm maybe a bit more as well like what you were saying earlier on about face to face type energy too, right? So I would mm. I would reach out and say, okay, I need to spend some time with somebody, even if it's just going around and sitting and having a cup of tea or a coffee. Yep. It's just to go, okay, I need to get out of here and 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 have some proper 
you know, someone I care about, someone that I want to have a conversation with, someone I want to be in the energy mm-hmm. of, um, that's going to make me feel a bit more lively and a bit better and reconnected. So that's something else I would definitely do is um, if I could, if I couldn't find, if it was in, if, if a conversation on the phone would be, would be enough, then yes. But if it was again, even then, and you still wouldn't necessarily need to deep dive into uh, how you're feeling and what's going on for you and why you're not in a good space. It's just being yeah. around someone that, you know, maybe can hold you in a certain space and not expect too much yep. of you and, and, and can treat you tentatively and, and be in a, and be in a, a kind of positive space with you and help draw you in and draw you out of where you've been. That reminds me of a, a personal experience I had uh, over the summer. My husband was away on work and he was gone for, it was like, you know, two weeks and I'm a very social person. I work hundred percent from home. So when he's not home, I'm literally alone. Yeah. So I just remember, you know, I was alone for four or five days straight and I was like, man, mm-hmm. I can't do this much longer. So I called up my mom who lives uh, an hour and a half away. And I was like, can I come over today? <laughs> so I, I made the trip three hour round trip just yeah. to spend some, you know, physical time with people. Cause I was like, man, I, I need this for my, my my well-being yeah definitely definitely yeah and definitely worth the three-hour trip yeah and you I think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes people don't have close connections in a physical proximity which is unfortunate you know that's not ideal because like we've said it's it's at least for our nervous systems so much more fulfilling to be in the physical presence of a person but we do have wonderful technology i know i spent some time earlier talking about you know the dangers or the consequences of social media but if you're not in physical proximity with somebody being able to do a video chat with somebody sometimes it's not ideal it's not you know the best option but it might be good enough to get you through a difficult time yeah And so I do think it's important to acknowledge sometimes we can't do the best or the most ideal thing, but we can do something that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree uh, that zoom, you know, you can tell by that amount how, how their shares went through the roof during COVID, right? It was, it was a very much FaceTime, WhatsApp video, everything else was just a, you know, in some instances, it was just a godsend that you had that ability just to see someone hello <laughs> you know and, and spend that time talking to them on a video but like you said it's not quite i mean for some people it might it might be just everything they need um mm-hmm. like you said for us perhaps not not quite um but um, i mean i was so thankful that you know when i was work through through covid i was still able to work with clients and i was you know right. keeping it all as safe as possible still able to see people face to face because of being mm-hmm. in the profession that I was, I went back into doing therapy at the time. Um, mm. Coaching wasn't something that people were really looking for through COVID, but they were still looking for therapy. So I went back into doing some therapy work. And I was, it was such, it was for me, it was like a lifesaver because I was still able to leave the house. I was still able mm. to go to work as normal. I was still able to have some kind of meaningful in-depth conversations with people um, and experience that connection. And I think I would have been completely stuffed if i hadn't been able to do that yeah yep and i think about it um i think about social connection in terms of food you know and i use a lot of the same kind of terminology like you know what's nourishing for you what's fulfilling what's satisfying that you would think of when you talk about eating and so for me um it's like if i'm starving 
half a sandwich isn't going to fill me up, but it's it's going to be good enough for now. And that's kind of how I think about video chatting. It's like, if I'm starving for something, I'll eat half a sandwich. I'm still going to want more, yeah. but I'll feel a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will tide me over for now. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to talk about, too, um, the the importance and the consequences of feeling lonely and having that distress. I do have some statistics that I wanted to share, John, if that's okay. Yeah, of course, please do. Sure. So uh, I found some good statistics on a website called campaigntoendloneliness.org. So if you're interested and want to learn more, feel free to check that out. I'll just read a couple that I thought were um, particularly significant. One here, it says, loneliness can increase the risk of early mortality, which is early death, mm-hmm. by 26%. Wow. 26%. It puts people at a greater risk for poor mental health, specifically depression. Uh, research estimates that 60% of people experiencing chronic loneliness, that's loneliness over a longer period of time, mm-hmm. um, there is six, 60% of people experiencing uh, chronic loneliness experience mental distress, which is compared to only 15% of people who are not chronically lonely. So that's a difference of 45% just based on chronic loneliness. And then the last one I'll share um, that I thought was interesting. And um, it's estimated that loneliness costs UK employers 2.5 billion pounds per year due to the impact on employee sickness, caring activity, productivity, and voluntary staff turnover. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's huge, isn't it? It's huge. And so I know we've spent some time talking about different kinds of loneliness and, you know, how to get your needs met if they're not met. But I also just wanted to share some of those statistics to say, don't take this lightly. Yeah. You know, loneliness can really impact your well-being, your relationships, your ability to live a life that feels fulfilling and meaningful Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. So if this speaks to you, you know, I would say use this as your message to do something. (laughs) yeah yeah definitely if there's something you know if it's if it is going on for you um and especially like i said at this time of year it can feel so yeah. worse, can't it than than normal because of mm-hmm. this is supposed to be the time where we meet up and have a jolly old time with friends family and everything else and and some people just yeah. not going to be able to, to 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 do that but like you said that i mean the mortality statistics yeah you know and mm-hmm. i think it shows the long-term damage to your health mm-hmm. and not getting that I'm, I'm, i always talk about human beings as a we are a connected species and we yeah we can't i mean there are people that go and disappear into caves i guess and become hermits and whatever but generally as a species we need to be connected to feel safe to feel happy to feel mm-hmm. good to be fulfilled um and i think I've, I've referred to the study maybe in our episodes previously the yale grant gluex study which has now been going for about 80 years in, and it's a study into happiness which says the key factor to happiness in fulfillment in someone's life is the quality of their relationships mm-hmm. um, you know so to be able to have quality at least one quality relationship in your life yeah. is going to make a huge difference but you know i mean even that i mean the finances thing and work and that i mean it's a huge figure but i think yeah. The actual mortality rate was just astounding because it just goes to show what long-term detrimental impacts being in that space can have 
Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, when I read them, I was just astonished. Mm. And that website was, and that's a UK-based organization. Yeah, it's uh, campaigntoendloneliness.org. Okay, cool. And, if they and I know you were talking about, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Have they got some kind of helpline and stuff that people can reach out to? Do, do you know? You know, they probably do. I will have, Leah, loneliness. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's a conference. That's not what I was looking for. I'm sure that they do. Cool. Mm. If not, we'll try and find something and put it in the show notes anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm. Ah, nothing is like jumping out immediately, but. I will try to track something down for you, John, that you can put with the podcast. Thank you very much, Kerry. Um, wow. Okay. So, on, you know, so we've talked about what people can do about loneliness. Would, what would you say are the other causes of loneliness? So we talked about this internal space that people find themselves in. Maybe actually, you know, I, I'm just thinking that their choice of relationships like that that kind of unsafe space that relationships can can bring up for people if you had trauma, if you've yep. had a lot of difficult relational spaces, mm-hmm. um, that you might revert or refrain from engaging with people and uh, yep. find you know, find like you said, a safer space alone. Um what what else might be going on for people that makes them make them feel lonely or uh retreat back into a space? A big one that's coming up for me right now, and I'll kind of share personally, is grief. So especially during this holiday time, um, you know, it is a time for spending time with people, for connecting, for having parties. But I think it's also a time when we, when it really hits us, the people that we've lost, because we really, we want to be able to be with them during this time. Mm-hmm. and we can't so it's one of those times that one of those grief waves really hits people and sometimes that can be like um almost a barrier to connecting with the people who are still around us and i'm feeling that personally and you know if you're not an animal person you can just ignore this but i uh lost my dog about 2 months ago as you know john yeah. and as i was setting up the christmas decorations and you know as we we're preparing everything i just keep thinking like man, I really wish that he were still here. You know, I put up, I put up Christmas stockings for my dog. So I have his stocking up, we have his ashes on the mantle, you know, and I just keep seeing that. And I just keep, you know, getting hit with those pangs of like, he's not here this holiday season and he loves Christmas. And we always used to get him special toys and treats and stuff. So grief really hits hard around this season. And I think that's a big factor. Do you think like, if you weren't, if you uh, weren't like with your husband and stuff that you would, that that would make you go into a withdrawn space because of the grief? You know, I have even felt that even having, you know, my, my other dog and my husband around is like, if I can't be with him, I don't want to be with anyone, Right. you know? And luckily I'm a therapist and like kind of emotionally regulated enough to be able to say like, Kira, that's not healthy. Like you can (laughs) feel your grief and still move into connection. But there are some people who, who, who don't, you know, who get kind of stuck in that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm just thinking of some people that I've spoken to in the past. I had a, a client many years ago whose son died when they were on holiday. He was only about 20 mm-hmm. um, and he'd been dead about 15 years. And she just, mm-hmm. well, she'd completely broken away from every other member of the family. She So much so that her daughter had gone and lived in the other side of the world, um, mm-hmm. that she kind of felt like she'd pushed her to the other side of the world. But she had actually had no time for any kind of other relationship because of the grief yeah. over her son. 
Yeah, and I saw this, um, it was an image one time that I saw that I really loved, but I'll do my best to explain it in words. Uh, it was talking about grief and how at first we have a container and the grief fills up the whole container. Mm -hmm. And then over time, um, grief stays the same size, but our container grows to then become available for other things as well. Right. You know, but for some people, the container doesn't grow because we just get stuck in that overwhelming grief feeling mm -hmm. that we don't have the availability to let in those other people and those other connections, no matter how much we might want to. Yeah. And can you just repeat what you said about the quote, the, 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 you know, if you don't want to be, can't be around that, your dog, you don't want to be around anybody. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just had this feeling of like, if I can't be with him, I don't want to be with anyone. Yeah. Yep. And I guess that is going to be a very common sort of thought when you yeah. are missing somebody, something that much. Yep. And, you know, we've talked before about the key is to find connections that feel safe for you. Mm -hmm. And so one thing for people who are struggling with this and kind of looking for, well, how do I get around that? One thing might be to connect with people who are feeling that same grief mm -hmm. or a similar kind of grief um, and be able to connect with them over this experience of grief being a barrier to connection. Mm. Yeah, no, that's an amazing thing to say. I, when I was working for the NHS, I used to run the grief workshops. Mm -hmm. It was about bringing people together in that space and being able to share because, you know, if, if you are struggling in that space, it is hard to find somebody that you that you feel will understand you at least yeah because you know, i can say i understand you till the cows come home right you know whether you believe that i do or not is, is a completely different thing um, exactly and we need that felt sense of being seen and being understood yeah no that's a really good idea so yeah if, again if if that's you if you are struggling in that space um mm. there are and maybe this uh, there there are i can't remember the people that used to hold our workshops for us but there are organizations out there that do bring people together that are in similar circumstances not just around grief but i think in in other areas of uh struggles as well that you, you yeah can meet up with like-minded or similar situation to people then um it can be really useful to like you said engage as mm -hmm. much as you possibly can with someone who you believe actually gets where mm -hmm. you are I'm going to pop this one in here too, because I know we didn't have a lot of time to talk about it. Substance use is another big one that mm -hmm. creates a barrier to connection with self and with others. Mm -hmm. So I know yeah. we could do, uh, we, again, we could do a whole nother talk yeah, just yeah. on that, but I just wanted it's, to at least mention yeah. it, you know, that that is another thing that, you know, impedes connection. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I can just think of people off the top of my head. Um, yep. That I know, or I've, I've worked with and, and again, especially around alcohol that you just lose yourself in the bottle type thing, don't you? And mm -hmm. it becomes your solace and, and, and nothing else. You don't yeah. need anything else or seek anything else to, to help yep. you out in space. And we get stuck in the shame of it, you know, and shame at its very core says, don't look at me, mm -hmm. you know? And so when we're hiding emotionally or physically, there's not much space for connection. We don't want connection. It doesn't feel safe. No. We don't feel like we deserve it. Maybe. No. No, definitely. Again, that's that self-reflection there. What kind of relationship are you having with yourself, which mm. which is leading you into this kind of maybe introverted space, which isn't the healthiest thing for you to do. 
and yeah. is there people there are there people there i guess you know this is why you know finding clubs uh establishments organizations and stuff where you maybe can feel some part of something mm-hmm. it's really important like you said because there may I... there may be no one around that you feel like you can really turn to yeah, I recently connected with um, an organization that works with recovery. It was called Recovered Life. They have a newsletter and a podcast. I was recently a guest there when we talked about um, hidden trauma and the effect on substance use and recovery. So um, Recovered Life might be a good resource for anyone looking to get connected. Mm, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have been talking. I can't believe how quickly the time has flown yet again talking to you. Um is there anything that you haven't said that you wanted to talk about um, today that we haven't touched on? Well, as a mindfulness expert, I want to pop this in here. Mindfulness at its core is about connection, mm-hmm. connecting with your body, with this moment, with your your inner self, and also being able to connect with the external environment, nature, other people. So mindfulness can also be a really wonderful tool for becoming available for all the different connections. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 when I did my mindfulness training, that was one thing that I really found really unusual and that I wasn't expecting is just being present mm-hmm. in myself mm-hmm. made me very present with everything else. And you, know, yep. you think of mindfulness like going in maybe into you and just being present with you, but actually if you're doing a the right kind of mindfulness type practice, it actually brings mm-hmm. the whole environment around you into that present moment doesn't it so it can make you feel very connected to lots of things around you and not just within yourself and like we've talked about i mean the the key or the foundation to being able to connect with other people is to be available for connections yourself and so for a, a lot of people mindfulness is how we do that how we become available for those connections um and this is my area of expertise, so I won't get on a particular soapbox, but do, we talked about this a little bit. No, I was going to say we talked about this because this was what my research was on is yes, mindfulness yes. and romantic partner relationships. Yes, yes. And so it does. It's that duality of being available for connections within yourself and then, you know, also then being present for connecting with other people and, you know, being able to do that in a way that meets your needs and feels nourishing and, you know. Yeah. recognizes it as a need that we have and not just you know something unimportant yeah. which baffles me how we can feel like connections are unimportant but yeah. well, <laughs> again there's, there's a, a denial space isn't it because we i mean even when i've said i don't need anybody something inside of me has gone oh, you idiot <laughs> I, I believe that comes from a place of protection yeah, like when yeah, we sure. don't feel safe to connect or when yeah. we feel like the connections we have are um you know maybe not available or not working in some way we say instead of sitting with the the pain of trying to connect and not being able to connect we just say oh i don't need connections yeah, yeah most definitely that's always the protective space i've got into when mm-hmm. i felt like um like you said, trust, you know, the people, there's just no one there that I can put my trust in that's I feel that's really like thing. You know? Trust is a big word, John. <laughs> yeah, huge. We may be the next episode is about trust. <laughs> so next time on the John and Kira show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trust. Trust in us. <laughs> uh yeah, it is one of those big things, isn't it? But I, like I said, my as soon as I've said I don't need anyone, my brain goes, Yeah, you do. 
Yeah, you do. You just don't want anyone at the moment because you, you're not you're not comfortable with with where you are. Um, but it's yeah, it's really interesting stuff. Um, so if people want to reach out to you, Kira, to work with you, find out what you do a bit more, how would how would they do that? Uh, from my website, connectionsmindbody.com. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and if you are struggling um, with loneliness at the moment, um, please do bear in mind there are things that you can do to, to help yourself in that space. Uh, we've, we've thrown a few ideas around on the show, um, but please do reach out to any sort of professional organisations and, and, and people that can actually put you in touch with the right kind of help. Um, thank you so much again for your time absolute pleasure looking forward to part four <laughs> um, we'll have a topic definitely and maybe trust will will be one of those things we talk about um, thanks Kim thank you John a pleasure connecting as always thank you for listening please subscribe follow and review the show that is very much appreciated and please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy intimate relationships in your life i will leave you with this quote from carl bond although we can't go back and make a brand new start we can start now and make a brand new ending i look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the relationship guide